0: Hey, I'm Neil Nicks. Welcome to another episode of the Truth, Lies, Shenanigans podcast. Today, we've got a deep episode on grief and loss. My co-host today is the lovely Gianni Storm and the rock star, Robbie Rock. So this is going to be a pretty deep conversation. So I just want to start things off with something happy. Just anything that made you happy recently?
1: Something I'm really excited about is with the filmmaking uh, group that I've fallen in place with. Um, there's a pitch happening with one of the local media outlets to produce a show and they've generated some interest. So we're going to try to move forward with that. And there's a few other projects uh, in the works with these guys. And it's so exciting to be creating something like this and being a part of it. It really is. That's That's super
2: exciting.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to see what you guys produce. Rob, the
2: (laughs) movie star.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got a face for I'm sorry. We're going to we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have to change this from rock star to movie star. <laughs>
2: movie star. <laughs> for me, I've been making a lot more money lately, so I'm excited about that. And then also I've been doing a really good job with just my personal routine of just, you know, eating correctly and working out and just this cool work-life balance. I've been doing a good job. So I'm happy about that. Finally, I got it right.
1: Nice, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. And you know what? You keep refining it over time. Yeah, small sustainable yeah. changes over time. Don't overwhelm yourself with big changes. Just small changes over okay. time, and it stacks. Yeah. It stacks. That's it's good it's advice.
2: Stuff. Yeah, thank you, yeah.
0: guys. So, I mean, something that made me happy recently is like we traveled to Nashville, Tennessee, and wow. me and my You're wife. Near Meanie. It was wonderful. It was like uh, Nashville is actually a really nice city. I, I mean, I. I suggest anyone, it is. anyone that can visit, go visit. I loved being able to, well, one, me and my wife had a lot of fun, so that made me happy. But I love <laughs> I love live music. Live music is kind of my thing. I go to mm-hmm. concerts all the time. You know, I'm one of those people, like, I don't go to a club for the dance, and I go to listen to music, right? <laughs> I go to those yes. live jazz clubs, and I just, I like the way the instruments go together. And sometimes I don't even listen to the singers. I look at the instruments and who's playing what. And the sounds that I hear is yeah. so wow. much fun. But with Nashville, you know, they have the strip and they have all these bars and you can just walk yep. into the bar, no cover charge, walk in, walk out, give a tip, don't give a tip, buy a drink, don't buy a drink, and just listen to music.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, that's man, lovely. We, we just, I just ended up tipping a bunch because I, I don't drink, obviously, so I would just go tipping. <laughs> it was it was, it was fun. So yeah, Nashville. That's a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, Nashville cool, is man. very Nashville, Tennessee. Especially with the music. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a growing, growing city as well. All right, we talked about something happy. Now we're going to talk a bit about grief and loss. So, Robbie, I'll turn things over to you.
1: Thank you, sir. So today we are peeling back the layers of a topic that touches us all at some point in our lives: grief and healing. It is a universal life experience. Yeah. So grief is a profound emotional response to loss, and it is as universal as it is personal. So from the passing of a loved one to the end of a significant life chapter, grief weaves through our lives in unexpected ways. So traditionally, we've been guided by the belief in a set path to healing, a series of stages that promise a roadmap through our pain. But as we delve deeper into understanding human emotions, we're confronting with a pressing question. Does the idea that there are universal methods for healing from grief oversimplify the complexity of individual experiences? Well, that's going to be the question, the wrap-up question at the end. But what I'd like to start off with is just an exploration of some of these universal methods for healing from grief. So some of them are talking uh, about the loss and sharing your feelings with friends and family and support groups, seeking professional help, practicing self-care, memorializing, and expressive therapies like art, music, writing uh, to express your feelings, to process it. And then some of the individual differences that come into play here are the cultural variations, depending on where you are, which social fabric you belong to, personal coping styles, the nature of the loss that you have sustained, and I guess, the support systems that are present. So I know that I've put a lot there for you, but Mm -hmm. let's talk. Let's talk about the common suggested methods. Um, And Johnny, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with you.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we all kind of know that there is not necessarily a linear point of dealing with grief, but I think kind of just some suggestions to throw out there. One that stood out to me mainly was expressing like expressing either through music, art, whatever that form looks like for somebody. That's probably one of the main things. And then two, I would say having some type of, I, how would I put it? Like a spiritual belief system or some, (laughs) something bigger than you that you can believe in. The reason I say that is because I feel like grief And and death and dealing with loss is, for some and for a lot of people, is greater than, like, what we can handle. And I think that when you have something that you can take it off of you and put it onto something else, whether, like I said, that's through expression of your um, art, music, whatever your talent is, and simultaneously giving it, in essence, to God, helps, like, greatly, like, life-changingly. So that's what I would say. I, I think that the biggest thing for me when it comes to loss, I know a lot of people might have their own opinions, but I think keeping that in you is detrimental. And I think the biggest thing is somehow allowing it to get out of you, experience it, and then let's let it go somehow. That would be a form of healing that I would offer.
0: I will say researching grief and came across this quote that says, grief is the price we pay for love. Apparently love Queen that. Queen Elizabeth came up with that, but it's grief is the price we pay for love. I had to also look up like a definition for grief because I really wanted to understand, like, what is grief? One of the ones that resonated with me was the Cleveland Clinic. It says grief is the experience of coping with loss. Most of us think grief as happening in the painful period following the death of a loved one. But grief can accompany mm-hmm. any event that disrupts or challenges our sense of normalcy or ourselves. Mm-hmm. I really kind of took to heart that part about ourselves, what grief is to me. And, you know, there's all these models like the Kubler-Ross model that you talk about stages, like denial, anger, depression, all that stuff. But before we kind of get into that, there are these studies that kind of talk about where grief comes from and there is an actual physical psychological mental effect you know that the definition says that we lose a part of ourselves because we literally do because what happens is we create connections with people things items whatever it is there are Mm -hmm. neural connections neural pathways that connect together it becomes a part of who we are you know, yes. you feel this sense of belonging, needing closeness when, when you're laying next to your loved one in bed and they're not there. You feel this sense of they're not there. And when we lose someone, our brain pathways have to readjust. Those neurons have to kind of not die, but some of them do. Kind right? of different pathway. And then you create different pathways, different connections to different things. And that takes time. But yeah. the loss
1: is significant. The cognitive effects and the behavioral changes accompanied with grief are significant, because I mean it can amount to confusion, disorientation, being pre- preoccupied with the loss. It can really impact your decision making and your concentration at that point. And as far as your behavioral changes, just you know withdrawing from those social activities, if it's the loss of a partner, for example, Neo, like things you used to do as a couple would not seem as attractive to you. So you would withdraw socially. You wouldn't engage in the rituals that you were. So like you were saying, you're killing those neural pathways in a sense because you're changing your behavior completely. You're forging through with new thought processes, with new ways of going through things. So I, I, so, I do appreciate what you're saying there.
0: Just to share a personal experience. So I've dealt with death of my grandmother, you know, older people, my uncle, all these people that have died. I used to not cry. But there was a breakthrough one time (laughs) when my grandfather died. And so I was, when I was sitting there, right, I was like, oh, okay. And there was a moment when I looked at the casket and looked at him laying there. And I thought about all of the things that we used to do together. And the moment that I said to myself that that will never happen again. I could never do those things with him again and it's gone. I started bawling. <laughs> like, yeah, just bawling and I'm like, "What the hell?" And that sense of yep. loss, that sense of I can't do that anymore. And it was just I couldn't stop crying at that point. And I didn't even understand yeah. it. And I was relatively young. I was maybe like 16, 17, I think, kind of formative time. Um and I've also dealt with and this is kind of a personal thing. I've also dealt with um, miscarriage. Um, yeah. Not me personally, obviously, but um, when you have a child coming and you see the heartbeat, right? All these thoughts and plans and things that you kind mm. of like think about like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this kind of father. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to do that. And I really planned out a long, history in my head even though that the entity the person doesn't exist yet it's not necessarily in my life they exist to me right yeah and they exist in my mind when the loss happened it was devastating i didn't know the person the human i didn't meet them i didn't know their personality but it was what I imagined, what I dreamed, what I thought could happen. It was devastating to lose that, and yeah, I mean, and it speaks to like these neural pathways, these neurons, these these thoughts, and it's like, and it was, it was, it has been difficult, right? And it doesn't even go away, which is even more complex and more hard. I've had yeah, I've had therapy and stuff for this, but yeah. yeah.
2: Thank and you for so, sharing so,
1: that, you Nia. Know, just with cultural variations, I'm I'm curious now because I've heard it alluded to through our conversations in the past. When you were when you broke down at your grandfather's funeral, when you were crying, how was it perceived by your community? Because I know that boys don't cry. Um, you know, there's a very mm-hmm. much of a thing. So I'm just curious if how comfortable you felt in that moment and how it was perceived by your immediate surrounding
0: i mean given the context of where we were i wasn't the only one crying so i didn't feel out of place but i hear you on sharing your grief and your pain and culturally speaking yeah you know we're not supposed to cry speaking on the miscarriage it has been difficult for me um and it's been difficult to share as well
2: is that because you're a man or you're saying because like culturally do you mean like because we're cl- black? <laughs> like which which one?
0: It's a mix for me, actually. Okay. Um, you know, I, I haven't experienced any other community, right? In terms of right sharing grief. So I don't know what it's like. Um, I feel like as a black man, crying about these type of things doesn't make sense or has not and felt safe. But It makes sense to me as a grown adult now, Um, Hmm. (laughs) you know, when I can get in touch with my feelings and things like that. It's something that's not easy to share with my wife. It's not something that's easy to share with others. It's just not easy to share, right? So Why?
1: I think that's relegated to personal coping styles.
0: Okay, okay. And it is personal coping styles. One, I don't, it, it makes me cry. And I don't want to be seen as kind of weak to some degree. Number two, yeah. I'm a, I'm a horrible crier. I'm an ugly crier. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's a beautiful
1: crier. No, Nobody's no, no, no no, no, no. It's pretty Never. embarrassing,
0: actually. No, 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 no. It's, it's pretty embarrassing. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm an embarrassing <laughs> I, crier.
2: <laughs> so, everybody is.
0: No, 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 no.
2: Everybody looks crazy until crying. Until you
0: experience it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm the, I'm, You're like, you, you got to see it. those memes of Michael Jordan? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Neo. But, anyway, but,
2: but crying is oh. so is so uh, therapeutic. I, I can cry me. out of nowhere. I'm like, why am I crying? And I was probably distressed and overworked and tired. But it's like, wow, after you cry, you really do feel it out of you. That's why I you, said Rob? the importance of loss.
0: I, haven't, I don't know you in person. But I know you've dealt with a lot of loss and grief, even recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, how are you? What is culturally for you in Canada?
1: What is it like for you? Are you a crier? Um, right. I'm okay. So I'm a crier for sure. But let's throw some context around that. Okay. Um, I'm a crier today in given situations, but definitely that notion of boys don't cry was instilled into me. That was just the way that we were brought up but with the nature of loss that i've sustained i've that why i lost my brother to suicide in 2003 um yeah i mean i wept uh, absolutely and i think that that's really helped change my lens on loss because if it's a tragic sudden loss it that impacts me deeply if it's something that you can prepare for uh, emotionally, then there's less of an impact if it's losing someone at the end of their life after they've lived a very fulfilling life. Not so much so, and it really depends on the nature of the loss, the relationship that I have.
0: Just so I understand. So you're saying the longer, more fulfilled life they
1: have, the less you feel grief. As as a generality, yes. When I look at it from a social context, yeah. If it's a sudden tragic loss of a young life as opposed to someone in their later years, I have an easier time accepting going in your later years. It makes um, sense. Naturally right. or, or from disease. I mean, the, these are things that happen, but the nature of the loss, um, my brother, I, I guess I'd be careful with the choice of words. My, my brother self deleted. Um, and I, I've been to a few fun- funerals since where someone has gone by their own hand and that breaks me it absolutely breaks me because i relive it um, in a way and i feel very comfortable sharing that level of grief with the family because i don't know what their personal experience is but i am dialed in pretty close to the zone um i did lose a, an uncle very recently um, and that one was a little bit different because he's someone who i spent time with uh, growing up who did have an influence on who I've become. And he's memorialized in my life by some of the things that I do, uh, which is just absolutely amazing and touching. And when I lost him, I recognized that at this stage of my life, I think that my grief has become cumulative, that when I feel the grief for that person, I allow myself to then tap into the grief of All of those that I've lost over time. Interesting. And yeah, it really makes me value the interactions that I had with those people. And it makes me value the interactions that I have with people because the only time that you feel loss is because you had a meaningful connection with someone.
0: So if I'm understanding your cumulative comment, you're saying that as you go through life, as more and more people in your life leave or more loss happens you are feeling the previous losses so the losses are at this stage are greater for you than they were say when you were 15 16
1: 20. oh absolutely absolutely i had no real barometer for grief and loss um i i started experiencing loss at a very early age um it was always there. Even as a child, when I think about it, my introduction to funerals and these rites, absolutely, I was there. And over time, it's nice to see the evolution, as far as the memorializing, to go from the traditional wake to uh, some more contemporary celebrations of life. Mm. Uh, I'm seeing that trend growing. And I i love it. I, I love it. Because while we are sad, and we, we mourn the loss, that shouldn't be what we're really focused on um, during that day, we should be yeah. celebrating that person in every way imaginable and sharing those stories because that's what keeps them alive and that's what really means something to the survivors. And, have- Neo, I, I just want to say from a personal standpoint that I appreciate your willingness to open up and share with us because I know that it's not something that. Is easy for you. It's not something that you lean into. So, and there there is value in talking about the loss for yourself and for others. So, I just I want to say thank you for that. And you too, Johnny. You've always been an open book when it came to sharing these experiences.
0: If I'm being honest, I'm finding back tears as we're talking about it. So, oh, Neo. I'm also curious about Gianni though, because Gianni, how have you dealt with loss and grief?
2: That is tough because I was low key not ready for this topic, because I think like we talked about, it's it's just something we don't, you know, you want to avoid talking about because it is emotional. And then it's also, I think people just want to be put together, right? We don't want to be mm-hmm. falling apart, even if it is something that you rightfully can fall apart about. But grief for me has been interesting. I've never, sorry, I've mm-hmm. lost people, um, Growing up, but never somebody as close to me as my mom. My mom also self-deleted when I was 22. She was, my mom was like a best friend. Like she was very, very close to me. And even when I think about it now, it was, I'm not. mm -mm. That's why I said it's grief and sorrow is so heavy to me that I, I think that my way it's been, what, like six years now. I think the way that I've dealt and coped with it is, um, kind of letting it come to me naturally. I don't go into the thought. If, does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I don't go seeking it. People speak about her. People loved my mom. So people are always talking about her. So that's why it's kind of hard to avoid speaking about her, with, especially with my family. But um, I am her. Like, it's we're, so weird. Like, we're just so similar. So it's like I live... Um.
1: Not through her. And and I've seen photographs on either. on your socials. I mean, yeah, there's a, definitely a resemblance too. Uh, yeah, and you say I am her. I, I, yeah. I can appreciate where that comes from, and you know, not seeking it, letting it find you. Yeah, that I can relate yeah. to too as well. Where I'm not looking seeking for it. it when it comes, then it's just well, I'm gonna lean into it, and I'm gonna let myself have this because it's uh, yeah, it's a very unique experience.
0: So it talking, is. I'm it just is. curious,
1: out of like. You you
0: brought it up, like your coping mechanism, because I know part of grief is like learning how to deal with it. Right. And, you know, and we all have different ways of dealing with grief. And so you were starting to describe how you cope, because I have a way to cope with mine, too.
2: I don't like my coping style. And I think that later on in life, we'll see how it goes. But my coping style is... It seems to me like, um, blocking out. I think that's, that's my, I'm going to be honest. Like that's, and it's been, it's been six years now and I still, it's just too hard because it's, it's, I think how you cope is dependent on how that person passed away. So I think that too, like Rob said, if it was something where my mom was older and she was, she, she went to my wedding, she saw me have children, I would be more accepting that she passed away. And if it was from a disease, I would be more accepting like, okay, life, she got sick. But because of the way and because of the stage I was at in my life, that pivotal 22 years old becoming a woman, I think that it was super dramatic for me at that time to the point where i who I was at 22 and 21, different than what you guys see now, way different, way different. And um, yeah, it, it did make me stronger though. I will say that. Like I was a super very emotional, spoiled bratty kind of girl and now I'm v- much more independent of my on my own emotions. I know how to regulate emotion better. Um so it taught me a lot.
0: So I haven't really dealt with someone taking their own life and I can't imagine being on the other side, someone kind of left behind how that must feel I've heard how it can feel but it's hard for me to actually imagine it and I'm curious how much guilt or you know what you could have done and how much that plays a role or just curious if if your own feelings about yourself play a role in your grief
2: yeah I think so
0: unfortunately this is all the time we have for this episode so if you'd like to hear the rest of our conversation on grief Please be sure to check us out next week for part two. New episodes are released every Tuesday on Pods Network. That's P-O-D-Z, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also check out the raw video from this episode and others on our YouTube channel, TLSshow.com. And as always, we've got to thank you for listening to our shenanigans each and every week. Stay safe and be
2: well.
0: If you or someone you know is in crisis, call or text the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. In Canada, that number is 1-833-456-4566. The Lifeline provides 24-hour confidential support to anyone in crisis or emotional distress. Call 911 in life-threatening situations.